What's up guys? Welcome to this episode of the CrossFit Salon podcast. In this episode, I sit down with the owner of Natural Eats. If you're a member at CrossFit Salon, you know exactly who I'm talking about. A woman who has made a pretty significant impact in the landscape of the nutrition and meal plan industry in Sri Lanka. Her contribution and consistency of delivering a product and service that is both reliable and ever improving is what is spearheading her ahead of the game. She's inquisitive, asks very good questions, and has a genuine passion to help the clients she works with. The best part, however, about Natural Eats is that it's a no-gimmick food company. The real deal, asking the right questions and always seeking to put the client first and solve their problems. And how do I know all of this? It's because they are located across its lawn. And we have had the pleasure to watch their business grow along with ours and see the evolution between the two businesses go hand in hand. Her competitive advantage is no doubt that she understands what it takes to fuel the body for the activities that we all aspire to do on a daily basis and that is look good feel good think sharp and move freely hope you enjoy this one guys all right cool so today we're going to be talking about in an economic crisis which all of us Sri Lankans currently are in how can we maintain optimal health outcomes and start eating well even during a time where there's food shortages and supply shortages and all of that stuff and so today i have uh, rushini hello your last name is good okay. yes she owns natural eats uh natural eats is a cafe that initially started at crossfit salon and uh, she's expanded out to doing catering with her company company name is natural eats too okay. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah there was a, there was another company right Steady supply. Steady no, supply. No, okay. Go in naturally. Anyway, she does catering. She does um, uh, meal plan. Meal planning and all of that stuff. So if you wanted to, if you have issues making your food or preparing your food, you just don't know how to prepare your food. Uh, a meal plan would probably work because the food gets delivered to you. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, it's catered towards what you need to be eating based on your micro micronutrient deficiencies. Uh, your caloric intake requirements and all of that stuff. So she sits down and she does uh, a consultation with you and gets all those details ironed out before getting you on the meal plan. So uh, if you're someone that is struggling to do it on your own, you can get it done for you, which is uh, probably the best option for a lot of people, especially now that uh, uh, people are very busy trying to save their businesses. <laughs> uh, anyways, so we're going to today's discussion is mainly going to be about how can we eat healthy during an economic crisis when things are uh when shit is hitting the fan basically right and people are more concerned on survival and instead of thriving and even in these situations we can um we can set up strategies and systems and ways that we can uh optimize what we have available obviously it's not the perfect situation uh prices are going up uh and but the thing is there are ways that we can manage our diet in ways that um can keep us both managing body composition managing health outcomes uh and just making sure that we're getting the right foods that are required for us cool uh, so we're going to start off by rushni just telling us a little bit about her journey and her purpose and what brought her into the industry 
Okay, so I was always passionate about fitness and food and I knew I wanted to be in an industry or end up feeling a career doing things that I'm quite passionate about and would constantly have that interest in which is how I started off at the good market with the energy balls and as I continued to have that exposure to the target market um, the business sort of evolved and it is what it is today nice. and I mean you were in finance before right it was finance that you were in right economics economics yeah yeah and oh this is perfect then um <laughs> what what was the what what was the catalyst to get you to make such a huge jump okay so i was in the corporate industry i was working as a business analyst at an it company um i was doing a business analyst role because my uh, my uh, domain was in economics and finance uh but while i was working there for one and a half years down the line i realized that um, it wasn't really for me uh, although I love economics, I love finance, I wanted to take better control of my future, uh, which essentially led to me leaving and starting off Natural Leads. But that was a time when I was doing both things at the same time. Uh, once there was some level of stability in doing the thing that I was doing on my own, I stepped out. Got it, got it. Yeah. Now, in my opinion, yeah. Natural Leads is a step above the rest mm. in the industry. Yeah. In the, what you call it, the meal planning industry. Um, I have my opinions on why why it is that way, mm -hmm. but in your opinion, what do you think has separated you from the pack? Okay, so I think it's attention to detail, but not what you think attention to detail is, uh, especially if you're in the food industry. Attention to detail uh, revolves around how you market it, you know, the aesthetic appeal of it, um, and how Instagrammable uh, your food is. Uh, but where we are different um, is because we give attention to the client and what is it that they want to achieve by getting onto a program like this. So when people say like, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning as well, that you're in the industry for food, um, I don't think I'm in the business of being in the food industry. I think I'm in the business of uh, giving people solutions. Um, to the problems that they come to us with. I think that's what we're in the business for. I think we're in the same business and I think even in the fitness industry what a lot of people think that needs to be sold especially when they're in the, in, in the industry is yeah. workouts. Correct. That's not. People that's don't not come it. to get workouts, right? People exactly. don't come to you to get food. Yeah. They come to you for a specific result. Correct. They're coming to you to improve uh, health outcomes, you know, inc improve metabolic health, hmm. improve body composition, yeah. you know, and that's what they come for. And like, yeah, you have to attract them with the nice food and the Correct. nice exercises or whatever. Yeah. But then when they come, you're a problem solver. Yes. And you need to solve the problem. And exactly. if you don't solve the problem, Precisely. you become useless to them. Correct. And then I think that's why there's such a high churn rate in yeah. it with. with both the meal plan industry and the fitness industry. Correct. And I think one of the reasons people don't stick to it is because the product is just shit. Exactly. And the product is just shit. Yeah, like you yeah. don't deliver the results. Yeah. And because they don't deliver the results, yeah. they, they can't retain clients. Mm. Um, and in my opinion, what I think has been the thing that has kept you guys in the game yeah. for so long and accelerating is not necessarily attention to detail, but 
improving on the processes. Correct. You know, it's like the what has happened. What I see has happened with a lot of the food and beverage. Um, I guess it's in fitness as well, but in in the meal plan industry, is that people are hell bent on ideas. Yes. And you know they have these crazy biases, and they do not want to shift or move and make a change when it's necessary. When the science points us and the data leads us in a direction. Yeah. Uh, it's all based on belief systems. Yes. And not nutritional science. Correct. Which I think is the biggest problem in the nutrition industry in general. Yeah. People have beliefs. And they don't know how to separate their beliefs from nutritional science. And also following a trend, like yeah. we're so hyped up on this concept of following a trend. Yeah. You know, without actually understanding what was the basis for that trend in the first place. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then you kind of, if if the guys who are in the industry, if the people who are running the businesses are also doing the exact same thing that your customers are doing by simply following a trend, yeah. uh, you're less likely to see results. Obviously. Hundred percent. Yeah. And like things like the watermelon diet. I mean, I've heard someone like, go on like watermelon diet. Yeah, it's so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like, yo, one, yeah, they're going to lose it 100%. They're mm -hmm. barely getting any calories. Yeah. Two, you're giving them an eating disorder. Yeah. Three, they're going to come off this watermelon diet and start gaining weight again. And so you're just a temporary, you know, moment in their, in their journey to yeah. finding a better option, which yeah. would be you. Correct. Right, to be sustainable. Exactly. Um, so this is something that we mentioned to clients um, as well as whoever I'd have a conversation with on this topic. I think I've told you this as well. And I think we've agreed on this. The importance of your clients need to be able to sustain whatever we teach them and show them for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Even if we stop existing, you know. Um, and I think that's when, you know, you could safely say you added some value back into society as mm -hmm. well. Uh, and makes it all the more rewarding to be in a business like this. Yeah. We actually did an, uh, a podcast on that. Oh, really? Called The Infinite Game. Oh, nice. It's called Play The Infinite Game. Okay. Because you're not in it to play short term. You're in it to play long term. You're in it to play until you're dead, right? Correct. And so what do you have to do? What is, what is your fitness got to look like now yeah. so that it can look a certain way? 20-30 years yeah. from now. Like but nobody thinks that far. Yeah. Like especially the guys in the industry, yeah. I think, do not think that far. Yeah. yeah. They're after and they're, they're after clicks, clout and popularity, right? Everyone's trying to be famous. No one's trying to be productive. No one's trying to add value to society. No one's trying to inject like in inject contribution. Hmm. There's no contribution to society. Absolutely right? not. Yeah. That is the biggest problem with both nutrition and the yeah. fitness industry, yeah. especially in the fitness industry. Yeah. The nutrition industry is relatively small in Sri Lanka. Sorry about the interruption there, guys, but we had a few hiccups during the episode. We had some power cuts and phone calls that came in, which uh, I unfortunately didn't switch my phone off. Uh, but we edited out most of the interruptions and some of the interruptions I did not edit out because it would change the context of the conversation. So pardon the interruptions. This will be the only interruption that I will make in the episode. So enjoy the rest of it. Come on, go ahead. Okay, Can cool. Lost my train of thought. Yeah, I also lost my train of thought. We were we talking... Were, uh, uh, right, like how in the nutrition industry as well, people yeah. are trying to seek popularity, yeah. the short-term game. Yeah. Again, it's probably there. It's more evident and abundantly visible, I think, in a fitness industry because it's grown so much yeah. over the past few years. Uh, nutrition, not so much. And then even less if you think about it in terms of a meal plan service. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's there just as much. I think in terms of the nutrition industry, one thing 
and I only learned this and you probably learn this yeah. as you progress, is that there are a few layers or two layers that I think that are important, right? Or three, let's say three layers. The first layer is actually what you eat, mm. right? It's the, it, it's like the food. That's yeah. what brings people in. Yeah. And then the layer that, oh, I would say this would be the first layer. It depends. You can mix them around depending on the situation. But once you realize that nutrition is not a eating problem or a nutrition problem, that it's a habit problem. It's habits. It's, yeah. it's processes. It's systems. It's strategies. Yeah. And when you run a nutrition company or a meal plan company, you're actually trying to impact or change habits more than change food. That's very you true. change the habit, you change the food, right? Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, the third one would be, I think, it's sustainability. So you have mm. habits, you know, the actual composition of food and the sustainability of yeah. the process that you yeah. put in place. Can yeah. this person do it in five years? Can this person do it without you? Can this person do it if they move to another country? Exactly. You know, do they have the knowledge? Do they have the understanding? Yeah. Do they know right from wrong, good yeah. from bad and all yeah. that stuff? Uh, I think that's, I think that's where you guys have come in and you have changed it. Right. And there are a few people in the industry that are starting to do that. And these people are mainly people that actually work on the nutrition science and use the data that is available. And the yeah. data that we have now may be wrong later, right? Yeah. We might Correct. find out this, I can't believe we were doing this, you know, yeah. but that's what we knew at the time. Correct. Fitness is the same. There's yeah. so many things that, and sometimes it's, you want to find the stuff that you need, right? Yeah. And sometimes when you go try to find the stuff you need, there's so much bullshit surrounded by it yeah. that you have to dig so deep to find the truth. Correct. And so I think that's the challenge of being in the industry, whether it's nutrition or in fitness, that finding the truth is a hard thing because yeah. people are paying you to find the truth and yeah. if you do not find if you just you know nonchalantly go and read articles and you know uh, start implementing it yeah you're it's not probably gonna take you very yeah. far. and it's going and it's going to like throw you off track it's Correct. going to it's going to take you one direction one day another yeah. direction another day yeah. so like getting to the root cause and i think that's what you guys have done you guys mm -hmm. have gone to the root cause and figured yeah. out what is the actual problem and so like Correct. you guys are literally you and what's it um Put a mention of her. What's her name? The other girl who works with Lida. Nutrition day, everyday, everyday nutrition. Everyday nutrition. Starts with H. But I know it's everyday nutrition. I didn't talk it. I can't believe. I apologize for forgetting your name. But I will. I will tag you on this. She's the only other person. Yeah. No one else. Yeah. Zero other people. And, and I think the other thing is you should be open to continuously learn also, you mm. know, uh, I think that's not just something very specific to the fitness industry or the nutrition industry. Mm. I think wherever you, whatever your dom domain expertise yeah. is on, you know, finance, yeah. economics, nutrition, yeah. you should never think that you know it all. Yeah, you yeah. know, this is, I think, what we were talking yeah. about a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. You should be open to yeah. continuously learn and unlearn. Yeah. Uh, because if you become arrogant with what your beliefs are, then you're no different to what's going on right now. In the now. martial arts world, they call it white belt mentality. Okay. So wherever you go, you're always a white belt. Yeah, 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 okay. So you never go in with a black belt. If okay. you're a black belt, you're in the wrong martial arts and you need to mm. be a white belt in that area. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's the white belt mentality. And the thing is... I like that. Yeah, I will use it. <laughs> the white belt mentality. Because even as, let's say, you, even as a business owner or entrepreneur, whatever you want to tag or label yourself as, yeah. and none of those things really matter. Correct. They're just labels. Yeah. If you want to improve your business, you've got to... You can't not know about 
anything. Mm. You have to know at least a little bit the about the fundamentals. Everything. You yeah. need to understand yeah. and be very understanding of the fundamentals, the yeah. basics. You know, otherwise you can't call yourself an economist or exactly. whatever, right? You know. Hundred uh, percent. But then whatever comes on top of that, you should be able to reconnect it back to the fundamentals. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think with that all being said, that lays the foundation for why I'm certain we're going to survive the economic crisis. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Because what? where you, you've got to contribute to because yeah. your contribution matters your vehicle doesn't as much yeah right yeah. your vehicle could change correct like for us it's a gym yeah correct. it's a brick and mortar yeah. for you it's a meal plan yeah but if the contribution the value that you're delivering is is high yeah the vehicle you use to push it forward can change correct it can become it just should no be comfortable enough to let that vehicle go also. exactly you yeah. can just like yeah. You, you can stop meal planning, you can yeah. go into education. Correct. You can stop meal planning, you can go into consulting, mm-hmm. right? And so like we can go remote. Mm-hmm. Like let's say the, the government comes and says, we're taking this for a land. Yeah, yeah. Fine, take <laughs> it, you know, like we'll go remote yeah, or we yeah. can find another yeah, place. Yeah. But the vehicle can change. Yeah. It's just that the processes and the marketing and like what you're actually selling or what you're actually trying to value, give value to people should never change. Yeah. It should improve. Yeah. That should be the change. But it, like the direction should always be consistent. Yeah. The contribution. Yeah. Um, Cool. Let's. So I want to get into the into the actual topic of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so it's and some of these some of the the points that I want to cover might be a bit sporadic, but we're trying to cover and hit all bases, yeah. right? Yeah. And so yeah. obviously the rupee is depreciating, uh, supply is low. You know, it's scarce. We're yeah. in we're in scarcity mode. Yeah. Um, how have you managed to maintain your menu and quality of your food in recent few weeks and months? Because I think this will help people yeah. who are cooking at home. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, first of all, answering from a more of a commercial back uh, background, because obviously I'm running a business, but I think whatever I say would obviously be applicable to a listener who is um, making food at home as yeah. well. Um, so before the economic crisis hit obviously we had access to a lot of imports you know Mm -hmm. and these things were uh, a fundamental part of our menus like berries or oranges and all these other imported things that hold a lot of nutritional value you know not just uh, how it was advertised by uh, mass media things that hold a lot of nutritional value that was available in the market those things were incorporated into our menu but obviously when these things stop being unavailable at the end of the day when there are shortages in certain ex- um, area, um, certain products. Prices are increasing for these products. There are cheaper alternatives that hold the exact same nutritional value. Um, so swap to these alternatives. You know, yeah. it gives a, a, a change to the menu that you're providing to your clients also, yeah. whilst maintaining that goal of ensuring that whatever your uh, customers or clients get are still holding the same nutritional value yeah. and the same macros what are some of the some examples like one or two examples of the switch <laughs> that you made okay so i'll i'll give you an example um uh, with a story because yeah. i think it will uh, give yeah. more basis to it as yeah. well right um so i met this uh, um i met this lady over the weekend uh, she was from i think germany um and she was telling me that she went into this uh, hotel the buffet and 
and then she went to the desert stable and there was this there was this massive bowl there was a huge bowl of papaya and nobody was touching the papaya no one served the papaya right and everyone was going for all the other fruits and all the other deserts and she had just started plating up on the papaya and then realized that everybody was staring at her cuz you know <laughs> she was um going for this um and then what she was telling me was in her country it's a cold country i think germany or something and then they don't have a, a access to this particular fruit mm. so when she tasted it she was like it tastes so good it's abundantly available like your supermarkets are overflowing with papaya but nobody's purchasing it nobody's um using it and you know it's something that you don't get abroad um and we're always going for the apples and the orange and we assume that these are the healthy foods in the industry uh but uh, i'll talk about the price i think 100 grams of papaya is 24 13 rupees in the market 100 grams and 100 grams of apples and oranges goes for nearly 200 yeah, yeah, yeah. right um and then um it's because we are not open to seeing all these options and then uh, um uh, another research showed that um uh things like apples and oranges unless organic un- doesn't hold much nutritional value but things like watermelon watermelon papaya dragon fruit these uh passion fruit these things even though they may not necessarily be organic since they grow so abundantly in our country it uses very minimal fertilizer and pesticides so not only are they cheaper but they hold a better nutritional value as well going back to that conversation about the papaya you can have it in so many different ways you can have it as a juice like you can chop it up and have it you can incorporate it into your salads like you know the raw papaya salad yeah. for example um so there's so many ways that you can have it it's cheap it's more nutritional for you and it's just abundantly available we just yeah. don't see it we we are hyper focused on what the bigger you know the the industry tells us yeah. to eat and probably isn't as healthy as well yeah. and it's more expensive i want to chime in on two things there yeah. so the first thing is organic mm. right yeah this whole notion of organic is is a marketing and sales correct agreed sales lane yeah. right it's not truly organic mm, no. organic is did you pull it out of the ground and eat it that's as organic as it's going to yeah, get yeah yeah correct and so timeline between it being plucked out of the ground to getting to your plate determines how organic it is Very not true. what it was made with what soil it was made it, that doesn't matter right? and that it's apple probably was out of the tree for like 6 exactly. 7 months exactly. the papaya couple of days exactly and yeah. so like i think organics like how close to its original state original source original or point of origination is it right yeah. and i would consider that organic right yeah. if something was growing in my garden yeah. and ate it it does not get any more organic than that i want to get to that point also later on yeah <laughs> uh Second thing is all of these food recommendations are based on western diet and availabilities. Very right? true. And we unfortunately Sri Lanka and most of South Asia has a colonial colonialized mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. We are colonialized and a lot of those habits and a lot of those thought processes and belief systems have been um washed down into society now and a lot of people want uh, not want but a lot of people have this idea or this belief system that the western diet and availability of food is the way we should eat correct and the only reason the data and the science point in those directions is because most of the data and the science comes being from tested that. comes from there yeah, and that's yeah. what they have access to if yeah. they came and did it here they would find that there is better data for yeah. other other things that are available so i think that's one thing people have to be cautious of when 
in South Asia, if like you're in Sri Lanka, if you're in India, wherever, that your 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 food sources are going to be based off of where What's you live, in, yeah. right? And so, and your diet does not have to reflect what you saw someone on Instagram eat. Right, it has nothing to do with what they eat. They're yeah. eating what's available to them, yeah. and what's budget friendly for them, and what's you know, what what their palates. So another classic example is quinoa, right? Yeah. So one kilo of quinoa goes for over two thousand yeah. bucks, and one kilo of rice goes for hundred to two hundred, right? So that's a massive difference. Looking at it from a nutritional point of view, there isn't much of a big difference, right? The overall hundred grams of quinoa and hundred grams of red rice is the same amount of calories. Yes, I think quinoa has a little bit more protein per gram, but apart from it's that, yeah, it's in, almost insignificant. Yeah. But from a micronutrient point of view, from a macro point of view, it's exactly the same. And sometimes we get clients who come on the program and they're like, I don't want any red rice, but you can put quinoa. And, in, and you know, it's, it's a little hard to even convince the client yeah. that, you know, actually there isn't much of a big difference if you love having red rice and by all means have red rice in the same quantity that you're having quinoa. So price is significantly different, right? So we're talking about a 2000 rupee to a 100 rupee thing. But from a nutritional point of view, it's exactly the same, you know? Yeah. Um, and these are the things I think people in the industry should try to break. Uh, because I think that's where the true value to a client comes to as well. Yeah. People yeah. don't want to get bullshitted and you sometimes yeah. point out the bullshit so that they don't get bullshitted. Yeah, correct. You know? And so I think, uh, uh, I mean, even in the fitness industry, it's like constant people say, I saw this on Instagram. Like, well, I've been doing this for nine years, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen the damage, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do it, yeah, you know? but correct. they reluctantly do it. Yeah. And then they come back to you and they're like, oh, you know, I feel terrible, mm -hmm. you know, or I you know, I'm gaining weight, I'm not yep. losing weight, yep. like, yeah, you're not, yep. you won't, because Correct. you're just not doing the things that you need to do. Yeah, the fundamentals, at the, the end fundamentals, of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. all fundamentals, yeah, yeah. back to the basics, yeah. you know, and Correct. so, yeah, you just got to go back to the basics, once you go back to the basics, you realize that it is so much more simple than you think it is, that everything that you need is available to you, and it yep. might be down the road, Yeah. right, it might yep. be literally down the road, Correct. all the nutrients that you yep. need, but yep. you're going to, I don't want to say any names, but <laughs> you're going to like these fancy organic places on with you know, three times race, the price course, yeah you know three it, times yeah, the price yeah, yeah. So there's this place on race course i don't want to point any names <laughs> but you know they sell all this organic stuff yeah it's all full of shit yeah yeah, yeah. it's just it's just a marketing gimmick very you know? true yeah you could, you could package the same thing and sell it for like exorbitant amounts of money like Correct. thousand rupees yeah and there is a market for that yeah you know? there's a market for that. i'm not hating on them they can but it's ill informed huh? it's it's because they're not fully informed yeah. or aware of what Exactly. The actual, what's going on actually. Yeah. It's just a packaging. Yeah. It's just packaging. You're yeah. paying more for that package. Yeah. You know? So on the topic of paying more for the package and sometimes even uh, paying more for something that is unhealthy, like a very common conversation, a big topic in the current time, going back to this whole economic crisis, is people are talking about milk powder prices, mm -hmm. right? How milk powder... Stay away from that shit. Yeah, this is so what I mean, yeah. right? So milk powder has gone from, I think, 400 or 500 rupees to now it's 1,050 for one of those packets, right? And we, most people, like, I, I find them revolving their conversations around the lack of milk powder or the increase in price of milk powder and hence, you know, there's no food in the market, right? But like you said, 
Milk powder contains emulsifiers, additives, holds no nutritional value, uh, but you're paying so much more when you could have alternatives at a lower price that's actually good for you. Yeah. So I feel like a big problem with maybe humans in general is we tend to hyper focus on the problem or like the issue at hand mm -hmm. rather than looking at the bigger picture and trying to resolve it you know yes. and so and in this case if you think about this food shortage the resolving is actually quite easy because there's cheaper alternatives at a lower price and like but we're talking about milk powder here so i feel like we've completely lost the focus you know of why we're eating in the first place yeah and I also think a good framework is what problem are we trying to solve? Yeah. Which problem? Like I think, I mean, I'm no economist. I know nothing about politics. I literally know nothing about economy. Like when people talk to me about financing, I have like, it's gibberish to me. You know, yeah. I have to really focus to listen, to try and understand and ask a lot of questions to figure out what's going on. Because mm. I have no interest in it. Yeah. And it's not where I dedicate my time and energy to. But... Whenever I hear these conversations, I straight away know you're trying to solve the wrong problem. You know? Looking at the long, wrong problem. Yeah. And so like, which bridge are we crossing right now? Yeah. Can we cross that bridge first before yeah. we start talking about all these other, other things? Yeah. yeah. Right. So which bridge are we crossing? Yeah. You know, we're not even there and you're talking about it. We're yeah. going to fall down this bridge if we don't yeah. focus on this bridge. Yeah. You know? And so I think what problem are we trying to solve is a, it, it's a huge thing that has changed for me yeah. uh, in operating and trying to do things in a way where it's structured. Yeah. And I think even in diet, with people trying to buy food or deciding what food to eat, is why are you doing what you're doing? Is there a reason? Is it helping or hurting? Right. And are you trying to cross a bridge that's not in front of you? And are you trying to solve the wrong problem? So yeah. I think that's one thing. Like the people are hyper focused on what they're used to, like habits, yeah. milk powder, habits. oranges, apples, yeah. right? So I actually this is today's prices in not the wholesale, not this not wholesale market prices. This is actually at a keels. I don't know if I'm allowed to say supermarket prices, but anyways. So um, <laughs> so this is just to give you context, right? So milk powder, five hundred pack. The five hundred packet is thousand fifty, right? But these these are uh, these are the prices of uh, also abundantly available in the market as well, right? Um, um, one sec. Uh, hundred grams of banana, twenty-five rupees, right? A uh, hundred grams of watermelon, thirteen rupees. A uh, hundred grams of pineapple, thirty-two rupees. Um, and um, uh, one tofu, right? A uh, protein alternative yeah. uh, to vegetarians. Uh, the two fifty gram one, hundred and seventy-five rupees. So I mean, people don't focus on these, you know. Um, yeah. And they've and if you go to most of these supermarkets, they they have like they've advertised these are the best prices, best rates, and you find, you know, you can actually prepare a meal with uh, the pricing that they've provided at a good price but we focus on the wrong things sometimes We're focusing on the imported products yeah. the processed products which have gone up in price much higher or more significantly yeah. than the other uh, yeah, more yeah. exponentially than the other foods of course all foods the prices have gone up but certain foods like the ones I mentioned now it's it's less significant yeah I mean I, I think and that's going to lead me to that next question. Yeah. 
where not necessarily where do you do your shopping like yeah. what are the keys to writing a good shopping list mm, okay and before okay. before getting into that I'll okay. have this question is yeah. if you go to the supermarket without a shopping list mm. stop that's what i was going to say it's the first thing you yeah. write you don't go to the supermarket yeah. and decide correct because you are at the mercy of the marketing team there correct yeah and the sales process yes. and the temptations and yeah. the you know the neuromarketing yeah, like yeah. you're trying to you know you you have you have all this conditioning yeah. and indoctrination yeah. that you go and you fall for these traps so write a shopping list before going and don't shop hungry yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, another 100%. thing uh because even if you make a list and you go in there feeling quite hungry and you haven't eaten for a long time you're more likely to reach out for the carbs and the processed carbs at that right um uh, so i think that's the fundamentals before you actually enter a supermarket uh another important thing to bear in mind is don't focus on the marketing focus on the actual ingredients list right so 98% of any packaging is the marketing so they'd be like kurakang noodles right yeah. <laughs> and then you look at the back of the ingredients list uh, and kurakang isn't even on the ingredients yeah. list maybe it's like the essence of kurakang yeah. or a flavor of kurakang or something like that so number one is actually to pay attention to the ingredients list and i think you mentioned this uh, in one of your sessions as well the less the smaller the list of ingredients, yeah, the, ingredients. Uh, the better it is right yeah. so things to sort of watch out for and avoid in a packaging i would say is uh, words like soya lecithin emulsifiers additives then it would have the letter e with a whole bunch of random words that follow so uh, if you see that avoid that as well if the first item on that ingredients list is sugar or it's the second item on the list and that's their sugar probably avoid that as well because uh, sugar is good but the chances are in a packaging like that it's probably like a processed super refined sugar right um uh and um, what other words to avoid so one thing to add to that ingredients yeah. list how they organize is let's say there are 10 ingredients on the list yeah it's going in order of um how do you say this so the first ingredient that you read has the highest, highest. amount Correct. the 10th ingredient has the least, least amount yeah. and so you can get a gauge on what's in mm. the in that packaging yeah. based on the order in which it's written so the order in which it's written is yeah. the order in which it's most available. in terms of a percentage yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so which is why if sugar comes sense, up at no yeah, in, yeah. this is what i mean that's why i said like if sugar comes up at as the first ingredient yeah, or the second sugar. ingredient then you should probably avoid it and actually quite shocking how many sauces right so they sell it as like a mango chutney or like some natural fruit sauce yeah. right and then you'd actually look at the ingredients list and that particular fruit comes up all the way the at the bottom and it mm. comes as an extract yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas the first thing that comes on the particular ingredients list is sugar so you know for a fact that maybe 80% of that particular sauce especially sauces right uh, or mustards and things like that um it's essentially like uh, another thing to avoid is like margarine uh, another common thing that comes up palm oil vegetable oil canola oil so if these kind of uh, words are mentioned in the ingredients list 
you might as well avoid those so that's number one number two is you want to make your house like a safe space you know because at the end of the day you need to improve your relationship with all kinds of food whether it is processed or not you need to be comfortable enough to eat all of that but if you voluntarily only select clean foods at home then the chances are you would eat unhealthy things only when you eat out which is obviously going to be a lot less than what you're eating at home mm. so when you are creating that list of things that you want to purchase that you will be filling and stocking up your house on uh, stick to things that are you know good for you and clean for you even the chocolates try to stick to things that are like maybe 80 to 90% dark chocolate even the snacking options you go for maybe you go for things like granola um, um, and you know these oats bars and stuff so you end up eating more of those kind of foods but if you eat out if you go out for Chinese if you hang out with your friends and you're having like a cheesecake that's fine yeah. but the chances are you'll end up eating less of it got it I, I like I like all of that because one one of the things it's spread I mean like it's it's like general knowledge now yeah it's calories that matter yeah Correct. And so the fewer the ingredients that are in your food, the fewer yeah. the calories you're going to eat. And so like if you see a bunch of ingredients, yeah. every single one of those ingredients yeah. contain a calorie value. Mm. And it's just adding to what you're going to eat. So it's yeah. kind of like I, I, and I had this with Zusha, we, had, yeah. we were having a conversation, okay. right? And uh, we were just chatting and my mom had made like this pole roti, mm. right? Yeah. And I was thinking, I wonder how this pole roti would taste with peanut butter on it. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I just never tried it. Yeah, and sounds good. I should try. Yeah, peanut <laughs> butter and pole roti. Yeah, and with with treacle. And then I was thinking, I, it, it was just something that hit my head. I was like, this pole roti is harmless. Yeah, but what's on it's top? Barely of it? any calories in this. Yeah, thing. yeah, there's like eighty calories in this it's little flour thing. and coconut, basically. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? And I enjoy the pole roti just plain. I love just eating it plain. Mm -hmm. But then I put that peanut butter on it and I put a lot and I ate it. I'm like, wow, I just destroyed it. You it quadrupled the macros. Yeah. yeah. It tastes good. Yeah, yeah. But it tasted good without the peanut butter and it tasted good with the peanut butter. Yeah. But all I did with the peanut butter was throw in 180, 200 more calories. Cut it. You cut know? It. For good. another taste. <laughs> Not for a better taste. Yeah, yeah. Just for another taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I realized that, wow, you could eat the porridge, you could eat the flour, you can eat all that stuff, but it's what you, what other stuff is it accompanying, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like a burger, people yeah. say, oh, I ate burger, the bread was, you know, I ate bread, like, you know, not the bread, yeah. it's probably all that, you know, that gooey Everything sauce else, in the middle. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what the problem And so calories are very important. It's yeah. all about calories, yeah. literally. Like yeah. you're not, your, your metabolic disease rate is going to drop if you eat the right amount of calories, right? Your, yeah. your chance of metabolic disease. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a metabolic rate, I meant metabolic disease. Yeah. And if it's very few ingredients, again, you're aiding yourself to optimizing health. Yeah. So eat the right amount of calories and eat as few ingredients as possible yeah. and you'll be sweet. Yeah. Uh, which gets me to the next question. On weight loss. In Sri Lanka, yeah. protein is a huge problem. Correct. Huge. Yeah. And I want to say we did, but like I kind of did like a little... Uh, like a, a self-study on all the clients that we have on our nutrition program. Mm. And I think out of the 40 or 45 people, I think it's 45 people, there was only two people that were eating enough protein. 
and both of them are foreigners. Okay. Both of them are foreigners. And they want keto diets or paleo diets or whatever, yeah. you know, they, yeah. it's what they eat overseas. Okay. And every single other person was malnourished, mm. like, like severely under-eating protein. Yeah. And you could see the moment the protein increases on their plate, everything else decreases because you just cannot eat anymore yeah, yeah. once you serve protein. Yeah, so yeah. The question is, what are some cheap alternatives and vegetarian options? We'll start with okay. the cheap alternatives and yeah. then we'll go with the vegetarian options uh, that you like okay. serving or you, you okay. So here's the thing, right? If you look at a plate, I think regardless of what country you're looking at, protein will come off as the most expensive thing on the plate, right? But what you can do is manage the level of expense that would fall on that plate. Um, so cheap alternatives in terms of non-veg items that I think compared to everything else is quite affordable would be eggs because it has a long shelf life as well it's an individually it comes individual as well so in terms of maintaining and managing it it's easy for uh, a business or an individual right and if you bulk purchase these things uh, you can actually reduce the rate of uh, the overall value um, and if you are really looking to be extra economical you can go to the egg center that's in colombo five uh, where you would find like the cheapest eggs in Colombo, right? Um, and they don't have a minimum quantity or anything like that as well. Uh, secondly, I think in terms of actual meats, um, certain seafoods like lina, uh, and then uh, uh, depending on the day, like if you go on days where there are offers, seafood options like talapat and tuna tend to be quite affordable as well. And again, you don't have a minimum quantity. Uh, and it has just as much as protein as um, almost similar to like chicken and uh, um, like beef and stuff, right? Um, uh, so I would say in terms of meats, those are your cheaper alternatives in terms of protein. Now, just because you, even if you're not a vegetarian, right, you can still resort to the proteins that comes out of uh, vegetarian options. So if you have a sufficient amount of eggs, let's say, and some seafood or maybe some chicken, you can enhance the overall value of protein by looking at vegetarian protein options, which are again, becomes a lot cheaper then meats and egg. Um, so I just made a list of uh, uh, things to sort of consider, right? Uh, apart from the very obvious things like tofu and um, soya and stuff, right? And soya, again, a little process. So you want to look at a more natural protein alternative. Um, uh, other cheap options are things like mushroom, winged beans uh, also known as dambala so every 100 grams has about 9 to 10 uh, grams of protein um, and uh, 100 grams of it is under 50 bucks uh, mushrooms right 100 grams of mushrooms again goes for about 180 rupees so you have a whole packet and if you're an individual you can definitely spread that for three meals right um, and then it has an expiry date of a week so you can and then you have a whole variety of mushrooms as well so you have the button mushrooms that goes for nearly 600 bucks for that whole box but then you also have like the other kinds I've of more locally the, uh, available mushrooms the which, yeah the flatter ones which hold 
almost an identical nutritional value but is six times cheaper um, then other alternatives that are high in protein and low in carb vegetarian options and you can get about 100 to 200 grams for under 100 bucks or maybe a little over 100 bucks is uh, things like uh, green beans bone uh, okra um then um, i don't know if I, I don't know the english word for it but uh tumba karavila karavila uh, keselmua these are very like locally available extremely cheap products that are abundantly available so you don't actually have to go to the market you can go to your closest kiosk and find these things um and they're very affordable and you could get about nine to 15 grams of protein per serving so Until that's everyone listens to this podcast and goes and buys it and the price goes up <laughs> Precisely like a, sad, a sudden upsurge, but then but then even then right because these things grow so Abundantly in this country even if the whole country started eating more of this than the milk powder Or like all the other expensive things that we assume yeah. are you know expensive it it will hardly move the demand and supply curve because supply of it is so abundantly available. Look at how much bond you find at any supermarket. Like it never runs out, you know. Yeah, it's true. overflowing. It's literally falling it's onto. On the racks. It's it, yeah, exactly, and it's overflowing into all the other like compartments, right? We just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. I love that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, carbs don't make you fat. So I'm gonna start off by throwing in a little of the science first okay okay and then you uh you, you talk a little bit about it because i think yeah. this, is a, this is a huge problem with people um, trying to figure out the the thing with carbs you know carbs are demonized uh i understand why yeah because a lot of the a lot of the issues that people face are because not because of carbs carbs are not to blame it's the overconsumption of carbohydrates yeah and how uh, how they are placed in all these products to improve palatability, yep. you know, taste, and all that yep, yep. kind of stuff, texture, whatever it is that they're trying to do with it. Uh, there's a book called Salt, Sugar, and Fat. Have you read it? No. If you haven't, you got to read it. Salt, Sugar, and Fat. Blow your mind. Anyways, there's a science behind it. Okay. And there's five metrics that it has to hit before hitting shelves. Okay. And so there are products that are on the uh, the the research line yep. for sometimes decades before right. they get launched into into the market because they haven't hit these five categories these five criteria and so when they hit as so it's like palatability texture um whatever there's like five i can't okay. remember this five but it's crazy so they they're literally getting addicted to these things and it's not because of the carbs mm. i'll tell you that much yeah it's all of it together yeah. anyways when carbs when you eat carbs it turns into glucose and then yeah. gets stored in your body as a glycogen there's yeah. only two places it can get stored in your liver and then in your muscle tissue yeah so once it runs out of space in your liver it goes to the muscle tissue so if you don't have much muscle you cannot be eating that much carbs right because the storage units are not available and yeah. so what happens then is you start storing it as fat yeah and so if you want to eat more carbs build more muscle yeah and increase storage units and in order to increase muscle you need to eat carbs because <laughs> you need the energy to provide make it to create muscle yeah. tissue so in a nutshell more muscle means more carbs so that's a good kind of proxy to see like are you you know are you overeating or not yeah right um and 
when you eat carbs, it just becomes glycogen. Doesn't matter how it, what form it goes into your body, goes into your blood. It's glycogen. Yeah, correct. There's no, there's no other thing, yeah. right? And so, talk a little bit about that and what, like, we're trying to um, change the beliefs of people and how they view carbohydrates. Because yeah. yes, when you're trying to lose weight, you reduce carbs because that is the moving factor. Correct. We're not reducing it because it's bad. Yeah. Re reducing it, be reducing it because it to is non-essential. You can survive without it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so we reduce that. Yeah, yeah. We never reduce protein because yeah. it's essential. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we keep that. Correct. And so okay, where can we move it from? Okay, carbs. Let's yeah. move it down the carbs. Yeah. Not because it's bad. Yeah. Because it's non-essential, we can move it. Yeah. And so, talk a little bit about carbs because you deal with people obviously that mm. would say, oh, I don't want any carbs. Correct. Like, well, yeah. you're gonna die. Yeah. So you need carbs. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I would say 80% of the time a client reaches out to us because their ultimate goal is, you know, they reach out to us because they want to lose weight. And um, I think the biggest problem that we as, as clients and I think in general as well, the problem that we have with the whole nutrition thing is we're hyper-focused on the solution rather than looking at the actual problem that you're trying to fix, right? Um, so they come in come in saying hey i want to lose weight and when you're doing that before the assessment even starts can you completely cut out the carbs because i want to lose weight but at the end of the day it all boils down to those fundamentals where your caloric intake needs to be less than your caloric output so uh, a few things that they would say is i want to cut out carbs i want to cut out all sweets i'm never going to look at another chocolate or a donut or a cake again while i'm in this meal plan with you right but you can actually eat just a chocolate bar for every single day and you can lose the weight as well because that's a, that's a a guy did that with the chocolate bar yeah. okay he ate, uh, i don't know i can't remember anyways go on like yes. he did a study and he lost weight yeah exactly because at the end of the day if you take a, a, a one of those big even those big candles chocolate bars and that's all you ate for the whole day you'd still lose weight because you're burning more than you're consuming right but that's not the point because after you eat that chocolate bar you're going to start feeling hungry you're not going to have access to micronutrients you are going into a protein deficiency you're going to go into a whole bunch of defi deficiencies and complications but you lose weight Right. If that was your goal, if that's why you came to us because you wanted to lose the weight, then yeah, you can just do that. But the point is the weight loss or whatever else aesthetic external goal that you came to us for can be achieved but there are bigger the, the the bigger thing about that whole thing is you want to ensure that you're healthy that you can sustain that for a long time period and you can maintain that and like you said the way you do that is first of all a caloric deficit is essentially weight loss is what it is right so your intake needs to be less than your output but at the same time you need to have carbs because like you said your body requires that it's an essential building block for all the other activities that happens in your body you need protein you need the good fats you need all those micronutrients um, and you also need to eat whole foods so that you feel full for longer unlike the chocolate bar that's going to get digested and absorbed into your bloodstream in a couple of minutes you have like a high fiber thing like red rice or quinoa or some other whole wheat thing and some natural proteins, it, the digestion time itself is longer. So you end up still having a caloric deficit, probably the same amount of calories or 
a little maybe higher than that chocolate bar but still a deficit you're comfortably full your energy levels are high you have access to your micronutrients you are a healthy individual and you lose the weight as well yeah. um, and i think that's the way you need to look at it not to come into nutrition with a solution because you're hyper focused on that one thing but to take a couple of steps back and see like you know why are you even deciding to eat healthy what are you trying to achieve keep asking yourself why i think after four or five times you come up with a more powerful reason and then you realize you know it's not really about that weight loss you know um you come up with a more powerful reason like you know you want to address a chronic illness you want to set an example to your kids uh you want to make sure that you don't end up like in my case you know like end up being as sick as your grandparents um and i think you come up with more powerful reasons like that you understand what a caloric deficit is you understand what nutrition is um and it makes it all the more easier for you to sustain it and carbs was never the enemy it yeah. was about eating the carbs that are suitable to you yeah. so obviously your carb intake is going to be completely different to my carb intake but i still have carbs and yeah. a overweight person an extremely overweight person like a bmi score above 35 still needs to have some level of yeah. carbs but a caloric deficit at the end yeah. of the day it um, that that framework i think this there's, there's a there's a relationship between so like to frame this differently like when people that can take two steps back two steps back to move forward yeah these kind of processes will help what you do everywhere yeah correct like, correct if you're an entrepreneur yeah every entrepreneur or anyone who's trying to run a business or build a business or whatever it is yeah. knows 100% that it's not all forward there's a lot of sideways side steps move stepping back to move forward building systems building processes building the client journey you know taking Breaking things it out all down, yeah trying again <laughs> yeah taking yeah. things out putting yeah. things in yeah. trying to and so you're not always the the overall goal is to move forward mm. but not linearly yeah and so a lot of times the, uh people will misunderstand that their body is so simple yeah right it the 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 science is simple mm. the application is not so simple yes the electricity came on <laughs> the fan is about to come on <laughs> it was getting a little warm yeah it's getting warm for the ac anyways what i was trying to say was you're going to start hearing the fan hopefully it's not making too much sound on the mic it but might. um a bit loud yeah and so like diet is the same as being an entrepreneur and yeah. i find that and not a knock on anyone but i find that people that run their own businesses these is people to work with 100% <laughs> i barely have conversations with them yeah, yeah. i'm like hey we need to do this like yeah okay yeah I'm like huh that was easy yeah. and i started to realize it's what people do for a living that determines how they behave when they're trying to make Outside changes in their place. in their diet as well yeah. and it was a huge revelation for me because i worked with a few entrepreneurs cool and a few point. business owners yeah uh, that's a good point yeah a few entrepreneurs and a few business yeah. owners and yeah. i i like i'm going to it ready to combat right yeah. <laughs> freaking say okay no you got to do this here. Yeah. and then you 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 work with someone who is running a business you know an entrepreneur and all of a sudden they're like ah okay all right sounds they're good. open to change yeah. i think that's what it is yeah they're open to they understand the the process of let's take a step back so we can move forward yeah, let's yeah. build these systems yeah. let's build these habits let's build these processes yeah. so that in the next 8 months you can move forward fast correct not move forward fast and hit the brakes in 2 yeah, months yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, 
yeah, I think that's an interesting part. I wrote this as a bit of a joke, but I think this is an opportunity. Um, and the, the statement I was trying to make is this is an opportunity for people who are trying to lose weight. Yeah. This economic downturn yeah. <laughs> is a huge opportunity because yeah. now what this is forcing you is to take a good hard look at what you're eating. Yeah. Uh, and take it, and obviously it's for people that want to lose weight yeah. or even become healthier. But I think a lot of people in the audience are trying to cut weight, right? And so with the economic downturn and prices soaring up and you have to you have to start looking locally, look at opportunities to cut costs and and most of that stuff is going to lead you down a direction, down a road, which you're going to end up eating locally more whole food, more more locally produced whole foods. Yeah. And that is essentially how optimum health is attained. Yeah. It's by living off the land. Yeah. You live off the land, you grow your own vegetables, you grow your own stuff. Yeah. You're going to um, you're going to have optimum outcomes, right? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to benefit maybe realizing this. I hope people do. Because for me, honestly, nothing has changed in my diet. I'm literally eating the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what is everyone complaining about? Yeah. And then when I look at what they eat, I'm like, ah, no wonder. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, you're eating all this imported yeah. stuff and I don't yeah. eat that stuff. Yeah. And so, like, my life hasn't changed one Supposedly bit. Supposedly healthy also, yeah. but no, yeah, sometimes exactly. not even the case. Yeah. And it's, it's strange because people yeah. say, oh, you know, it's so expensive to eat and all this stuff. And to me, nothing has changed. Obviously, we are in a privileged, yeah. you know, we're, we're lucky. Right? Yeah. We're Can privileged. Yeah. Without Can a doubt. We're Agreed. privileged. But still, I am paying maybe a little more for food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not much more. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and it, it, it's, it goes without saying that the, the more unhealthy or the more processed your food is, the more expensive, the more expensive it becomes. It's going to become as, this, as the economy is slowly crashing yeah. and burning, yeah. right? Yeah. But for people that are already eating that mm. off the land or yeah. eating locally produced foods yeah. and eating mostly meats and vegetables and fruit, not yeah. much is going to change. Correct. Right? You just change the fruit you're going to eat. Correct. Apples have gone up, okay, let's eat papaya, like yeah. you were saying. Yeah, earlier. exactly. Um, but on that topic, right? Now, quinoa powdered moringa um uh, kiwis these things hold nutritional value as well so if you can economically continue to afford it by all means continue to afford it right because we are not trash talking the nutritional value of these food also exactly like for example quinoa is super healthy it is you know it, it, it's one of the least processed carbs out there and it holds a lot of nutritional value so if you love quinoa you genuinely love quinoa and you can still afford that with whatever is going on with you financially. If you can continue to purchase that, then continue to purchase that. But the point I think that we're trying to make is if you love, if you, if you're eating quinoa because you think it's healthy, but it's expensive, you don't even like it and you're continuing to consume it, even though on a almost daily basis, the price value of this is going up, there's a, much more cheaper alternative out there that is equally healthy yeah. right so since we are catering to a wider audience here maybe people i mean i guess most of the guys maybe on the uh, podcast can continue to afford these things and yeah. purchase it you should yeah. but if you don't genuinely enjoy these things the point yeah. is there's cheaper options that are just as good or maybe even healthier yeah. 
I think that's 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 I think the most important thing out yeah. of this entire podcast. To me, podcast. it's silly because when I eat and I eat a lot at your place, right? Correct. Like and I so, mean, it's shocking how much you yeah. eat. <laughs> and when these guys like and like I'll go sometimes and then I'll say, uh, you know, what comes with this? They'll be like quinoa. Like yeah. oh, quinoa. Yeah. Why the hell do I want quinoa? You know. And then in my head, I'm thinking, why would I want quinoa? It's yeah. more expensive. Yeah. It's, I don't like the taste. Yeah. It's like a fake rice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this fake food. Like yeah. I, I don't I don't even want it. Give me something else. Give me rice. It's not even like hundred, two hundred bucks more expensive. We're talking yeah. about a two thousand yeah. rupee difference. Yeah. And you know the story about quinoa. I yeah. think it's Bolivia where it comes from, like yeah. the highest producer. And it comes from this this area in Bolivia where it's their cash crop. Yeah. And it's what they used to eat. Correct. And now they're exporting everything. Yeah. And that that there's severe malnourishment happening at that oh, in those villages. Really? Okay. Like people are dying. Another people are dying so that we can get quinoa. <laughs> so like I, when we have rice. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I, I don't think quinoa is necessary. Yeah. Like I, if you if you want to be jump on the moral bandwagon, stop eating quinoa because yeah. there are people dying because you're eating that stuff. <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah. Villages are literally, you know, like dissipating yeah, yeah. because of this issue. Yeah. And they're running out of their crop anyway, so soon it'll be out of stock anyway. <laughs> Do you think Sri Lanka needs to focus more on local produce? And if so, what should we be focusing on? And I'm talking about like exporting. Can there is I I mean I don't again I don't know anything about economics, but we okay. need to do more stuff that we need to export. Yeah. You know, we yeah, need, we there's should. enough stuff here that we need to start making money on that. You know, yeah, right? yeah. And we can build economy. So like what are what are a couple of things that uh, So at an ex to ask, answer your question with regards to what kind of foods should we be focusing on for exporting purposes. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, so, in all honesty, since we're trying to keep this as real as possible in the podcast, like exporting from a business point of view, right? For exporting purposes, I think one of the most fundamental things that needs to happen is there should be economic and political stability, right? Yeah. It's a basic for any business yeah. to... Uh, get started right but having said that i don't think you should use that as a big showstopper because eventually economic and political stability will eventually take place right that shouldn't be a reason why you should stop your dreams from coming true yeah. um, so being in the food industry i w- there's there's so much local produce that is so unique to sri lanka that holds so much nutritional value that not even like you know that growing abundance that um, you know we're not very familiar with um so one example i'd give you is ayurvedic nelly have you heard of that no. so it's like very uh, it's it, i think it's a sri lankan as it gets and it holds a lot of nutritional value and uh, uh um in terms of like ayurvedic medicine of course i mean this is like a whole vague science or whatever yeah. but i mean this particular uh fruit um you know it helps with like headaches and like helps with certain like easy illnesses feeling pukish and stuff nausea right yeah and nausea stuff. and stuff right um so if you actually do your research and see what's unique to sri lanka and you come up with a product or you directly even export that product you got your business you don't have to wait you know for political and economic stability to set in for you to get started on that uh but in terms of uh, uh you know coming back to that whole topic of uh continuing to eat local produce you know 
apart from actually going to supermarkets and looking for these healthy alternatives that don't cost much you can actually start growing your own agriculture as well um to you know sustain maybe a small family of 3 to 4 people so that was that that question was a segue to the next question oh, okay, which okay. is uh, building a home garden is probably the single best investment although it can be very demanding to people yeah but i think the time that you're trading off yeah will save you a lot of money right and uh, and save you save you having to uh let your health and wellness be determined by these clowns that are you know running our country yeah, 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 you know yeah. we're at the mercy of 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 the yeah, stuff right yeah. and so like if obviously that would be you save money and uh, you're not at the mercy of of these people right yeah what uh, what crops would you grow and why i know you you obviously not a would you call people that garden you call them a farmer no not farmer it's like ecologist <laughs> something oh yeah called, uh, do not know i can't remember yeah maybe you could yeah, google after like i know one of these like, guys he's so be- oh yeah that's, that's the word yeah horticulturist uh in terms now th- this question is mainly in terms of nutrient value mm. And, and ease as ease. well yeah nutrient value right? yeah and not, not just nutrient value the spread of nutrients and yeah. ease to grow okay. what would you okay so i want to take a step back before yeah. i go answer that question um just like anything right like working out or running a business or even doing your job really well uh, farming requires a certain level of investment you're more likely to do well if you are actually passionate and you enjoy doing it right so if you don't you know if you know for a fact that you know growing your own produce isn't something that you're passionate about then i mean i wouldn't really encourage someone to do it because it requires a lot of attention you know it's like uh, almost as much attention as like having a pet you know yeah. you can't just um bring like a dog or a cat to your house because you're excited about like the idea of having a pet in your house and then halfway along the way you kind of get bored and sick of it and you neglect it yeah. uh plants behave the exact same way because it's a living thing and all of that but if whoever is listening to this podcast is considering it you want to start off with things that are very easy to grow um so i've come up with like a small list of things personally that i found was you know not uh, was a little easier to grow than uh, maybe the others and um well let me write that down okay so uh watercress gotukola mm-hmm. um uh, chili like uh, red or green chili quite easy to grow as well mm-hmm. just needs like basic sunlight some watering not nothing too specific um and it's and these are things again i pick things that you can actually put into a lot of foods like especially sri lankan food um and things that you would buy on your you know dailies spinach great source of iron as well uh tomatoes onions you just need to yeah. keep that in water for a couple of days till the shoot comes out and then you transfer that to soil and it grows by itself quite easily if you have a big enough garden pineapple banana papaya lemon and brinjal are again uh, easy things to grow uh, so actually the reason why these things become a lot easier to grow is because the climate here works well for these plants mm. um so it, so it requires minimum effort from you but of course it does require some level of 
effort you yeah, know effort. Uh, you need to like be mindful of whether they catch some sort of a disease or if there's like there sometimes is little bugs like you know you need to pay close attention to your plant and then you notice this tiny really tiny bugs like eating away at the roots or on the leaves itself so i mean you can just reach out to some uh, local guy yeah exactly who would know how to address yeah. these things so it's honestly i also listed out things that are not very expensive you know it wouldn't require big investment for you um you can find these uh, the seeds for these things at like a couple of hundred bucks uh and then even like say for example you know someone who's growing go to colo or spinach you can just take a part of that plant and grow it yourself so as a result zero investment from your end as well yeah. uh yeah the reason i say this is because i didn't realize until when we ended up in this situation my mom's yeah. been growing her vegetables little garden <laughs> huge garden yeah, yeah. like our garden back in dubai yeah was massive nice. and it was just her we had a date tree yeah we had like tomatoes yeah we had I, i can't remember like and to me it was like oh they're doing this for fun but then now that i look back and she still does it like yeah. if you look out there like she's taken all the plants with her yeah but she's got like aloe vera just correct over there, another know? great yeah. plant actually yeah yeah, so yeah we, we have one too yeah so, and yeah. so uh and outside her apartment she's grown all these vegetables yeah right outside in the in the garden and she's just picking them out and yeah. like cooking food with yeah. them and so you don't need a massive space you don't you yeah know. you can be in an apartment and yeah, still exactly. grow your own uh fruit the people on the leaf my apartment yeah. have um, have uh, have you, I'll show you after we're done there it's freaking they have all these plants growing and like vegetables nice. growing down there yeah. and i thought it was interesting because i only i i only realized how valuable it is it was until this situation yeah. and that my mom had zero panic she like, I'll just start growing this I'll start growing that I'll start growing that I'll grow everything it's a skill yeah, it's really a skill 100%. yeah and uh, it it crazy crazy and it was a revelation to me because yeah. we're from this uh, we they are from a time in the world where they lived off the land and they learned these skills where no one knows these skills yeah you don't grow up learning these skills where yeah. they learned it from their parents yeah correct correct we know nothing yeah we literally know nothing we can it. learn from our parents i think we just don't put the effort because we, we don't yeah. care it's such an yeah. insignificant thing yeah. for it's us it's not important yeah. until you get to this until place. you get to Now this point correct right? yeah. and so then you yeah. realize yeah to finish us off yeah uh in even in rural economies mm. there are individuals that stay healthy and manage optimal health outcomes yeah uh i think personally it's a matter of priority mm. and most people just do not prioritize what's important to them yeah until it is forced to be important uh what three tips could you give someone right now to stay on track with both nutrition and kind of like maybe sourcing okay so very specific to okay okay so very specific to nutrition i think a topic that i wanted to touch at some point in this conversation was intuitive eating uh eating mindfully right even if what you're eating is completely healthy or even if what you're eating is a pizza or a burger or a brownie try to eat intuitively because the chances are i would say 80% of the people listening to this podcast right now eat their main meals netflixing yeah. you know 
um, and as a result, they don't realize how much they're eating, and they don't also understand when to stop eating. The moment you start eating intuitively, uh, you sync better with like what's going on inside you, and you become more aware of when to. When is the what is the right amount to stop at? You know, um, so you'd find like all these like tips going out there when I eat until you're eighty percent full, because yeah. then then that's when you're comfortably full and all. That's that's good. I think a good foundation to get started, but build that awareness of eating intuitively and mindfully, whatever it is that you're eating. Right, I'm pay attention. Yeah, undistracted. Correct. So pay attention to the food, the flavors, what it feels like in your mouth, and the chances are, especially if someone is listening uh, who's trying to lose weight, you'll naturally start eating a lot less, right? Yeah. You'll naturally be like, okay, actually, you know what? I can't finish this particular dish. I'm quite full. I'll one stop thing. Eating. One thing to add to that is take a break between each bite. Ah, uh, yeah. Just take a break. Eat slower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put a timer on. And let twenty seconds go by. Yeah. In between, from when you swallow to when you put more food in your mouth. Yeah. Just take like twenty seconds. Yeah. That strategy has helped so many people. Correct. Like I say, put a timer on. Yeah. Every time you eat, you can only take your next bite in twenty seconds. Yes. Yeah. Some people just need strategies. Correct. Correct. Like sometimes telling them eat this thing. way, they're like, ah, oh, well. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they don't understand. It, yeah, but if you give them concrete twenty seconds, like spoon-fed details yeah. on how to do it. And I guess this comes from the fitness approach. Correct, right? correct, correct. Rest twenty seconds between sets. Ah, rest thirty yeah, seconds true, is true. the reason we program rests. Mm-hmm. It's for different objectives. Yeah. So if you get someone and if someone wants to gain muscle, yeah. like before you swallow your food, eat more. Yeah. Voice quality because it's very hard to eat Correct. a lot of food, right? So again, this is where that yeah. whole customization conversation comes exactly. into play. But at the end of the day, whatever goal it is that you're trying to do, eat intuitively. Yeah. And I would actually argue that gaining weight is far harder than losing weight because yeah. I've been on both ends. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I've been aggressively on both ends. It's yeah. much harder to eat more no food. Yeah. Than eat less. Yeah. So imagine getting full. Yeah. And stuffing food down your throat. Yeah. Because no. you have to. It's it, it it's crazy. And so like. So for people who want to gain muscle, which is a lot of like our demographic, yeah. like, uh, you know, our demographic is mainly guys that want to get jacked and take the shirt off at the beach, and <laughs> you know, go on, go to party. That that's just who resonate with us. Right? Yeah. And so you need to eat more. Correct. You need to eat faster. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you're trying to gain muscle, it's eat the opposite. More. Yeah. Correct. You're trying to lose body fat. Slow down. Take a break. Yeah. Twenty seconds between. Bites yeah, between yeah. sets, yeah, than a set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bite of food is a set. Yeah. One twenty uh, seconds break between in thirty yeah. seconds if you want. Because what happens is like you take that break and you realize, whoa, I'm getting full. Mm-hmm. Like you, you feel, you feel the. Because that it's communicating back yeah. into your brain to stop eating and all of that. So the second thing I would say, something I've already mentioned previously in this podcast as well, is to make your home a safe space. Um, You want to make sure that you surround yourself, for the most part, with things that are good for you, so that even if you are eating things that are unhealthy, it's uh, more far in between, right? And the third thing, um, I guess, I would say is to work on improving your relationship with all kinds of food. 
because people come into these nutrition programs with this mindset that they're not even going to smell another cake, you know. Um, and the chances are that level of a restricted diet, you won't be able to sustain it. Yeah, You'd lose life, out. Right? Yeah. And then it's that whole yo-yo life, yeah. right? Like that yo-yo diet life. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned before, you'd end up with some kind of a food eating disorder, no right? Friends. No friends too. Yeah. yeah. Because you become more uncomfortable on how to manage like a social situation you know and at the end of the day you want to equip yourselves with skills that will help you go into the real world and still like eat the right kind of food um so i would say work on improving your relationship with all foods not just healthy foods but all of it i learned this a very uh so i'll, I'll give you a little story or like a little context for this okay. right now there are people that are very passionate about cooking my mm-hmm. mom she's like loves it true and true yeah. she her skill is cooking yeah true and like through and through like yeah biryani is like yeah top class. exactly yeah. and so i could use my mom as an example but like let's say i will we'll use a gym so like when my mom makes something i eat it okay right? I, i don't it's not i know how much to eat i understand yeah, if yeah. i overeat and i eat it because yeah. to her it's her love language it's how she shows affection yeah yeah so if someone comes to the gym mm. and it's their birthday and they they bring you cake yeah you can't be an asshole and <laughs> say oh, i don't need cake yeah, 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 you know yeah. this person is trying to show you you know gratitude or yeah. affection or whatever yeah. and you being the person that says i don't need cake mm. is being an asshole and so <laughs> you lose you lose friends and people don't realize that their actions will affect relationships their actions are going to affect how how people perceive you Very you know true. and so like and i had someone a client come in that the other day i was doing a, a a pt with him okay and he said something that was directly in line with this he's like i intermittent fast <laughs> right and i was thinking interesting he's like yeah that's how i stay so lean and you know and yeah. eat so much i'm like why do you eat so much yeah it's like oh i you know i work with i i trade gold okay and i I have to I have to uh, entertain millionaires all the time. Right. And they take us out to fancy restaurants or the food and buy drinks. I can't say no. I have to do it. So that's adjusting to his social he's, setting. He's built a he's built a system that to adjust for what he does. Nice. And it's if he if he goes to those meetings and says, "Oh, I don't drink or oh, I don't eat, you know, rice." Yeah, yeah. He's never cutting the deal. Correct. Correct. He's correct. never closing this deal. Yeah, correct. uh and so it's that's very interesting. that's a good story it's actually. a very it's yeah. there, there's a powerful message yeah, there because when someone offers you food and it's the most human thing yeah one of the ways that people show respect and show peace is by exchanging food correct right and you so you need to account for that happiness yeah yeah and so when someone gives you food yeah you don't have to eat the whole thing so yeah. i'm definitely going to take a bite oh, yeah. it's delicious correct yeah you know that goes a long way and that that's yeah. that's value you know yeah. value that i think a generic meal plan or nutrition provider misses out yeah. on and should not miss out on. exactly yeah 100% yeah. and as a someone who is if you're trying to lose weight mm. don't let everyone know you're trying to lose weight don't <laughs> tell the world yeah it's your thing yeah correct you know because the more you tell people about it yeah. the more you tell people about your goals your aspirations the more pressure you put to try to achieve it yeah and so if you're trying to build a million dollar business don't tell anyone yeah, yeah. just build it 
Correct, you know, correct. don't put other people's pressure on you. Yeah, yeah. it's none of their business. Yeah. If you're trying to lose ten kilos, don't tell anyone. Just tell also, the awkward for everybody else who's like probably having a good time at that point exactly. in time at a dinner or a party 100%. when you raise that up, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't have to tell people that you're trying to lose weight. Yeah, you can take a bite, say, "Oh, that's delicious," but I'm full. I'm not really yeah. feeling it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's it. It's not good. You're not gonna gain ten kilos from having that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, how can people find you? Where can they find you? Uh, maybe I'll leave the contact details maybe in the description, or Instagram, they could find us on Instagram. Naturally, yeah, or my number, maybe. Yeah, not on here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you get all kinds of calls. Maybe like a business number. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I, I obviously share yeah, the business yeah. number. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, So naturally, it's Instagram. Can you email? Is there email or anything? No, like just Instagram would probably be the fastest way for them to reach out to us. Sorry, and any, then we can take it up from any there. Any final notes, comments? No, I mean thanks for having me. It has been a proper, constructive, and productive conversation. Yeah, Didn't feel the time pass. Yeah. <laughs> I think I learned a lot. Yeah. I think maybe I added some value yeah, to you sure. as well. Um, and uh, hopefully, everyone listening learns something out of this as well. 